Whatever your fear happens to be, I don't know. I don't know. It's no. it's weird to be back. It's weird to be back. Opening this closet, I was like, oh yeah, this closet. <laughs> oh yeah, it exists. It is right. a thing. What exists I in my world? Sitting in this closet. Okay. Hi guys. That's actually really <laughs> funny. So yeah, we're still recording in the closet. Yes. You're welcome. Because Ren can't make up his goddamn mind. Uh. Okay, I'm having trouble, like, picking a microphone now because there's, like, a few different ones that are good. And they're all kind of you expensive. You had it narrowed down to two. I did, but then I was thinking about it. Oh, for God's sake. Okay, so, like, I'm just going to double check and then whichever one has a similar rating but is less horrifically expensive. Like, if there's a huge price gap, I'm going to go with that one. Okay. So, but yeah, then we'll still it's probably going to be an Audio-Technica. So stay tuned. <laughs> yeah, then we're yeah, because my job was uh, canceled. Hashtag canceled. Um, thanks, thanks to COVID. I yeah, guess that's my fear. COVID. Is the apocalypse? It, it's well, and that you, getting like, boring. How long will it be before you can go back to the job that you like? Yeah, the first part-time job that I actually didn't dread going to, yeah. and suddenly a fucking viral apocalypse. Dang it! I know. I know. That's such bad timing. Like, why couldn't this have happened when I was working at the liquor store? Yeah, because then you would I hated mind that job. not going back, right? Yeah, that job sucked. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> uh, okay, my fear is that I forgot to start doing witchcraft. I knew it. I said I was going to, and then I forgot to start. Oh, yeah. You know how that happens when yeah. you're like, I really need to start doing witchcraft and then it like <laughs> you have to go get groceries and yeah that's a relatable feeling um, before you know it the day's over and you forgot to do the witchcraft okay i know you're saying that is like a hilarious little joke but like most <laughs> witches actually can feel that yeah okay like i want then to that do makes a spell me a real witch it does actually because so i'm already a witch so this is actually yeah. i did kind of adopt witchcraft you did. It fits into your routine, and a lot of uh, a lot of casual witches will explain that basically that they're like, with my boyfriend and I, we both practice witchcraft, um, a varying types, varying pagan uh, phase. I'm pretty agnostic about all of it, but um, it is like something that you just forget to do at the end of your work week. Like <laughs> <laughs> you're like, oh shit! I was gonna do that like relationship strengthening spell. I was gonna do that fortune spell. I was gonna do that glamour spell to make my i don't know my roots look less bad fuck i, I needed that wanted to start doing like dark magic black magic don't do that no i just wanted to i mean to i'm try not judging it. but well what kind of dark magic like is there something specifically in mind yeah i just i wanted to summon a demon um that's actually demonology. You should actually really research that one beforehand. Like, I'm not judging anyone who does it. It's no, not, it's not like, do don't dabble in what you don't understand. I'm not trying to sound <laughs> like that. I'm basically saying, like, literally it's something that people study for years upon years upon years. Otherwise, they tend to have really bad effects. Okay, I'll pull an all-nighter and then I'll do it. No. <laughs> no. No, um, dabble in something else dark. Um, how about, uh... What would it be called? Not not necromancy. <laughs> death magic. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's fine. part of it. But I mean, that death magic. Death it is a thing. So it kill, is a thing. Kill someone. Um, no. Oh. That's, I mean, that's not really the best of spells if you just shoot a guy. This is magic. Well, okay, I don't want to kill. <laughs> no, but like, as a sacrifice. 
No, don't do that. Okay. That just gives everyone a bad name and doesn't work, in my opinion. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. There's probably someone listening who's like, it's worked for me. <laughs> and they're sitting in like a dark room and they probably don't smell very good. But, you know, that's the kind of person who does that. Great. Um, now they're going to sacrifice us. Well, they're going to have to find me first. And with this quarantine, man, they're risking their life more than they're risking mine. <laughs> <laughs> But, True. like, yeah, in all seriousness, yeah, okay. though, like, um, with death magic, it can involve, like, vulture culture is a thing, like, where people, like, will find, you know, dead animals, like, roadkill or something, but will take the bones and use them in rituals and stuff. Like, they don't kill the animal, but you can find ethically sourced bones and such Just and harvest your own, like, sorts of, like... Uh, like hair and uh, fingernails and stuff, stuff like that. Things I'll that are dead. I'll look into it. My mm. first step was to buy a book and I, there's just still sitting in my cart um, on Amazon.ca. So. Yeah. Yeah. And it's always hard to fu- to figure out which books don't suck. Yeah. Because it's I so can't go in person right now. So. No. And it's like, how do you even know in person? Like even when I've been to bookstores in person, which I used to be able to do, um, <laughs> Like, witchcraft books are so hit and miss because some are so new agey and they're marketed to, like, teens yeah. for dumb shit. And some are, like, I picked a few good ones, I think. So uh, maybe I'll just start by buying one of those, just one. Yeah. And I'll just check it out. Okay, so stay tuned some more. For Andrea's fear of not having caught up on her witchcraft. Yeah. I can at least, like, kind of steer you because I've been doing <laughs> a variety of accidentally bad shit since I was 11. Oh, okay. I did accidentally. Okay, so when I was 11, I got into it on the internet, right? Yeah. And like you said, okay, so summoning a demon is a really stupid fucking idea. Summoning angels is also a really dumb fucking idea if you're, um, like, archangels, if you're not experienced. And yeah. I got onto this, like, website where this guy practiced both... demonic magic and high magic which is like christianity mixed with magic Mm -hmm. so like archangels use knives there are there's bloodletting of the self involved um oh yeah that was my introduction to it thanks google 11 year old me didn't know any better so i did really not good idea type stuff when uh all my spells from that point forward around that time worked in the worst way possible like think a uh, wishmaster 3 <laughs> like think the wishmaster series you know or like an evil genie oh okay so like, you know like they grant your wish but it's in like the worst it's possible interpreted way. in a not the way yeah in the way that you least want it like that yeah. was what happened until i like did like some a bunch of cleansing spells when i was older and knew what i was doing so okay yeah so it was easy to get rid of at least but Anyway, I'm taking volunteers for sacrifices, so email us at twoscaredsiblings at gmail.com. You're actually going to get people, if you say. <laughs> yeah, no, that's the idea. And then no. we will um, we'll meet up. Okay. Anyway, let's move on to the show. <laughs> well, okay, but we wanted to talk to you guys a bit first, like, to say hi, because we went on a hiatus for a bit there. My uh, boyfriend was here and blah, 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 so, so yeah. like, we just wanted to Actually, the hiatus wasn't even because of COVID. I know it seems weird that no, it happened. No, it was like work. It was work, it was my work, and then it was also um, my friend's boyfriend, boyfriend was down. was visiting, and I wanted to spend time with him. And we just needed a break, like, for a bit. Um, yeah, because Andrea, the last episode before the hiatus, she came over here, her hair was frazzled, she was rocking back and forth a little bit. <laughs> she actually looked, like, distressed. Like, Mason, my boyfriend, was here, and he was like, like, when you left, he was like, was she okay? 
And I'm like, no. I was so <laughs> frazzled because work was so insane. Yeah. And then it went from being insane to me working at home and barely doing anything. Yeah, you resembled like a cat who has just been brought to the vet as like a scared, scrawny kitten. I know. Where they're just like, oh, God. That's what I was going for. And they're just everywhere and they're like <laughs> shaking. They are so frazzled and someone just spooked them and you're like, fuck. I had leave-in conditioner in that I let air dry. No, I think but that you were also the... running your hands through your hair a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I know. I was I was frazzled. You're very distressed. Yeah. Her work was stressing her out a lot. I was super stressed. Yeah. But okay. we're happy to be back now. We are happy to be back, actually. I'm relieved. Yeah. Because um, I missed it. Me too. So like, now... it felt good to have a break. But then, like, after a couple weeks, I was like, hmm. Me too. I kind of, I was like... It, it like obviously maintaining a podcast is a lot of work when it's a research based one, but it's also like yeah, I did miss it. Yeah, me I was too. like, oh, I'm sad. I miss our listeners too. Like I miss yeah. talking to you guys. Yeah, even though like we don't know you, but it feels like we're talking to it you somehow. It feels like we're chatting with you. Yeah, I think it's because we're chatting with each other and yeah, at a microphone. Like yeah. basically, you are a microphone shaped human in my closet yeah. right now, and we really like you. Yeah, you. Uh, Clearly live in my closet. We're gonna replace you weird. with a better one, but uh, yeah. I mean, I'm sorry, but um, it doesn't mean you'll be an audio technica. Think of the uh, yeah. Think you'll of that. just be new, not different. Yeah, think of it as reincarnation. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> okay. since we've been looking forward to starring our show again, we're gonna do that now. Bam! Seamless transition. <laughs> I did it. Yeah, I'm not very good at snapping my fingers. Thanks for stepping in there for me, Andrea. You're welcome. <laughs> I appreciate it. So Andrea chose topic, so she's going to go first. I was like, I wonder when our hiatus will end. And then I... Um, <laughs> when will but I was come like, back from the war? I was reading something, and it brought up this, La Colivo. Yeah. And I was like, hey, that's a good one to do for the next episode if I ever, if we ever start our episodes again. <laughs> Well, yeah, we were always. I mean, there was always a plan, but I was like, I don't know when. But I was like, I have to do this one when we start. So, um, and Hex had actually, we had gotten some suggestions, and one was from Hex, was like our uh, patron and listener, yeah, and my loyal one of our patrons and Ren's good friend. Yeah, yeah, we'll be doing their uh, suggestion next time, Uh, but this time Andrea picked um, what was it, witchcraft in general, witches. Which follows with your fear. Is yeah, hilarious. it does actually. The reason I picked witches was just because I I read about this La Colivo in something, and it was intense. And right? it was it, it turns out it's a witch story. <laughs> I'm excited to hear it because I have not heard it's of just it. Interesting. And that's probably I'm seeing the word Canada. That's probably why I haven't heard mm-hmm. of it because no one gives a fuck about. That's Canada. another thing. It's it's from Canada. Yeah, and <laughs> also a French person in Canada. What is it with French people and witchcraft? I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. Huh. They were like, can we win a war against England at least once? They pray to the gods. <laughs> like, they're yeah, just like, they're just, this is the only way we're ever going to do it. It's out of desperation. Yeah. Okay, so this is the story of La Corriveau. So, Marie-Joseph Corriveau was born in 1733 in the village of Saint-Vallier in Quebec, Canada. Fuck you for being good French. Anyway. They forced me into French school. Okay, well, <laughs> you may continue then. <laughs> You're good at Japanese. Yeah, that doesn't sound good for me. That just makes me sound like a weeaboo. <laughs> Fuck. A, a what? A weeaboo. It's like a an anime nerd. 
but it's oh. not it's not a good term is the thing. Okay, I've never heard of it. But thank you. That's because I'm old. Um, <laughs> that's fine. I'm coming to terms with my age. So when she was 16, she married a farmer named Charles Bouchard, and they wound up having three kids. That sucks for that's her. That's too much. For a 16-year-old? Uh, I yeah. know. That's Ugh. that's a lot too many kids. That is three too many kids. That's three too many kids at any age, in my opinion. But <laughs> uh, she was apparently very beautiful, but she was super fucking jealous. And after 11 years of marriage, she thought her husband was cheating on her with some woman from the village. So she was pissed and she wanted to do something about it. You see, I think it's weird, the idea, because he was probably older than her, because this was 1733. Yeah. That she'd be jealous of him when she's the, like, beautiful young one. I know, I know. Like, I often find that 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 is the case, that it's, like, it's always the prettiest women that are also the most jealous and insecure. Isn't that I think it's because, like, because they're pretty, they are, like, they grow up kind of thinking that's the only... Mm, they're only, the only um, the, that's the only thing they got yeah so when it starts to fade then yeah or if even if it doesn't start to fade but they like perceive like if you don't else perceive that you have anything else that will keep a person around yeah then you have to make sure that you are the prettiest because that's your only attribute yeah so as soon as someone you think might be prettier than you comes around you're like fuck i yeah. have nothing now yeah exactly and men are fickle too so like even if you're way more gorgeous than any other woman at some point they're uh, some men will want to fuck around anyway just because it's new. Yeah. It's exactly. biological. It is biological. Eh, that sounds like an excuse for dudes to fuck around. I don't know. It's not biological. It's biological your fucking to want to. It's not biological to, to do, do it. it. Yeah, you have control difference. over yeah. your wiener. I didn't call it wieners because <laughs> I'm old. Uh- <laughs> no, you have that in common with six-year-olds, actually. You're gay. Okay, I'm young. You're wiener. Your wiener. Um, so one night while she was serving Charles dinner, she accused him of cheating on her. He said he wasn't, and then he went to bed. <laughs> mm. That was it. Like, no silly woman. I like the idea that I like him just saying, nope. Yeah, and then he's like, and I'm <laughs> I'm tired, bye. <laughs> <laughs> Once he was asleep, Marie snuck in and poured molten <gasps> lead into his ear, Whoa. which killed him. No shit. Though I don't know how the fuck any of that even happened how did she molten lead i don't know well you just have a big old pot like you do in 1733 and like pour a bunch of your like lead utensils in it you know it's 1733 so like actually that might have been something that you could do right because people would like even blacksmithing and stuff like you could just melt down like your old shitty lead tools to make new shitty lead tools and she probably just melted it and poured it in his ear hmm that's really fucked. That's really weird. That's disgusting, though. Plus, Molten lead into his ear. Holy shit. It's more guaranteed to kill them if you, like, pour it down the throat. Well, no, in the ear, it's going to, if it's molten, it's going to burn right through, like, acid. I know, That's but fucked. I just, it's just. It's like pouring lava in there. Ugh, gross. It's okay. repulsive. Oh, my God. Um, Okay. In the morning, she told the police that she had found her dead husband, and he was examined <laughs> by a coroner who couldn't find any reason for his death. <laughs> I don't know why he couldn't find the molten lead. Mm, Unless know. it's normal for molten lead to be in ears at the time. Uh, whenever you die. They're just <laughs> like, oh, that's just, just some up. lead in his ear. It's that's fine. just, you know, post uh, rigor mortis lead. Yeah, like that happens with everybody. 
Uh, anyway, they didn't find it. So there were no suspicions about murder. There were rumors, though, about how she may have killed her husband floating around the village, but there was no evidence, and it totally didn't discourage someone else from marrying her. Ooh. She married a doctor, and they were very happy. But after realizing a ton of his clients were women, probably like half. Statistically, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. She figured he was probably cheating on her with someone, so she was like, it's probably time to murder him. Oh. Yeah, so. That's not good. Yeah, I know, it's. It's a weird go-to. I mean, yeah, if someone's cheating on me, I mean, she did try to, like, talk to the first guy, but he kind of brushed off, but it's like, this is a really weird go-to. Well, then I'm going to murder them. Like, why not do, like, my technique is to seduce whoever they're seducing or someone else. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if they fuck around, you fuck around. That's the, that's my motto. Yeah, me too. Mm, Like, that's what I would do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Molten lead seems like too much work. Well, yeah. And it must have been, because she didn't do it that way. So, one Mm -hmm. night, she added poison to the dinner she made for him. And apparently it acted pretty quickly because he barely had time to eat much of his food. Then she poisoned one of her spice containers so that when the coroner realized that her husband had been poisoned, they were like, oh, it's all the spices' fault. 1733 was a rough year. (laughs) It was. They were like, oh. I can't believe the spice poisoned itself. Well, if it was in the spice... She couldn't have put it in the food on purpose. There's no... I know. What logic is that? Like, but somebody put it in the spice. Did they... So they thought it was, like, because the spice was bad. But that's not what happens when spice goes bad. No. It doesn't Arsenic doesn't show up in there. (laughs) Yeah. What kind of spices are you using? This parsley's a little old. Yeah. It's deadly. (laughs) We can't eat it. It'll kill you immediately. Yeah. Old it sucks that cyanide parsley. came out of my parsley. <laughs> okay, so legends say that she wound up having like a total of seven husbands and killed them all. She supposedly strangled her third husband and then hung him from the rafters to make it look like suicide. Wow. Yeah. Oh, he got it the best, I think. She's pretty strong, though. <laughs> yeah she's just oh she's a tank Are we apparently still, is this still working that's why i'm gonna check okay i think it is but i just want to yes yeah it's fine phew okay yeah i almost lost my my shit there for a second <laughs> okay so the fourth husband was beaten over the head with a log until he was unconscious and then boiled alive in a gigantic pot what how is she doing this? And how big were the pots in the 1700s? Well, you could actually have a giant, like, cauldron-sized pot for, like, stew that you'd put over but your hearth, right? For a full man? I mean, I guess you could shove him in there. I guess if People you were shorter up. back then. I guess. Well, all right. It seems like a lot of effort <laughs> to me, too. She stabbed husband number five in the stomach with a pitchfork, and then staged the scene to make it look like he'd accidentally fallen on it. Why is no one being like, wow, your husbands are all dying in really weird like, and gruesome they ways? Are, you have the least lucky husbands ever. Yeah, I wonder how this keeps happening. <laughs> oh, it's my spices. What's the one common factor? <laughs> anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so no one is positive how, like, for sure how many husbands she had, but all accounts agree about who the last one was. Mm. Louis-Etienne Dodier was another farmer, and he was super violent. So this time, that was why she decided to murder him, instead of jealousy. That's fair. He was actually beating her. So he was actually a piece of shit. Yeah. So they had an argument one night, and he decided to sleep in the barn. In the middle of the night, she snuck into the barn and chopped his head a bunch of times with an axe. Oh. 
and his head was crushed by the end of it like like it wasn't a head pulped yeah Ew. to make it look like an accident she started whipping the horse so that it would look like the horse trampled him uh, they say that she was clever uh, but that is a lot of dead husbands yeah and a lot of getting married so i disagree yeah i'm thinking that she should really have just gone the other way on this yeah like you can just like bail on people although like back then like if you were married it was really fucking hard for you to leave and remarry and have a decent reputation like you'd basically be like excommunicated basically yeah so when she was leaving the barn covered in blood a neighbor came by who decided to visit the hubby Mm. then they were like hey she killed louis maybe she actually killed all of the hubbies (laughs) (laughs) you don't say she was arrested put on trial convicted of murder and sentenced to death they branded the letter M into her left hand. What? Which is very important just in case they forgot why they convicted her. <laughs> so M for murder? I think so, yeah. That's today's Sesame Street They're letter, They're just like, kids. shit, why did we... Right, murder. Right, right. Right, like seven men were like, killed by her. Okay. Fucking 500 million just of like all so her husbands. It's so hard to remember a woman who kills seven husbands. I don't who know. kills literally all of them in a weird way. <laughs> yeah. Molten lead. <laughs> Then they dragged her off to the gallows, and her final words were, I shall be avenged, and then she hung. Well, that's alarming. I know. Avenged by who? Herself. So. (laughs) Oh. Then they put her body in an iron cage and hung it from a pole at a busy crossroads near Point uh, Point Levy. They were using it as a warning to not murder seven of your husbands. (laughs) Okay. I mean, fair, but, uh. (laughs) 1700s are you okay (laughs) uh crows picked at her body you know people had to see this like crows picking out her eyeballs and stuff and they would hear the cage swinging because otherwise they might forget to not kill seven spouses in a row yeah sometimes i accidentally trip and kill seven of my spouses yeah like you don't you have to have something to remind you not to do that so yeah the crow lady in the iron coffin will help yeah Exactly. So, she became known as La Corriveau, and people would say that they saw her corpse's eyes open, and her hand would sometimes reach out to grab passersby. What? They said she would sometimes whisper to them through the stringy hair that covered her decomposing face. Oh, my God. Because of these stories, including people being attacked by something invisible and hearing rattling bones and screaming, people stopped wanting to walk by there at night. Fair. It's weird. Yeah, shocking. The grass under her cage was always burnt, and people stopped using the road and started going to Quebec City by boat instead, which was very upsetting to merchants along Mm -hmm. the way, right? They hate boats. No business. I just thought they hated (laughs) boats. Yeah, Yeah. it's the boat hatred, actually. Yeah, that's why. They're like, fuck. Man, I just fucking hate boats. Boats. Fuck boats. How they float. Stupid. But seriously, like, uh, that is really weird that, like, the grass under there was always burnt. Like, maybe if someone's, like, carefully lighting it on fire every time, but that seems like something that would get out of control. So that's actually really weird. It is weird, yeah. Hmm. Uh, One night after the cage had been removed, a guy was passing by that spot and he saw something demonic creeping up on him. Mm -hmm. He screamed as he felt bony, withered hands wrap around his neck and he felt slimy skin and greasy hair on his cheek. Ugh. The thing bent over him, and he went down to his knees, prying the hands away from him, 
and peeling chunks of withered skin away from the bones of the hands. Well, that's just like the people that like touch you at Texas Gate, really. Yeah, it just sounds like one of the rednecks around here. Yeah, when you uh, got greasy hair on my cheek, slimy skin, having to pry away the chunks of their withered skin away from my hands. <laughs> yeah, all par for the course. <laughs> Welcome to Cochrane. <laughs> so <laughs> the next morning, his wife found him unconscious and started bawling her eyes out, oh. which woke him up because he wasn't oh. dead. Good. Um, the story of what happened to him spread throughout the village, and finally law enforcement called in a priest for an exorcism of Marie's spirit. Hmm. And then the story says at that point they took down the cage. But the cage had been taken down. What? So I, I don't know. The story has inconsistencies. Well, it did happen a while back, so I get yeah, that. Like that's different true. accounts of different things. It's yeah, so hard to like find. Like they don't know which at what point they took the cage down. Yeah. But anyway, they buried the cage in a part of the cemetery for unknown people oh okay um but it didn't work she kept attacking anyone that went down that road that's sad (laughs) man she is just yeah she is avenging herself yeah she is she's having she's like i have every right to kill those seven men you should not have hung me (laughs) that's just not justice at least they didn't stab you with a pitchfork that sounds rough i know uh more than 80 years later peeps found the cage buried in the cemetery and there was only a leg bone left of her what i don't know uh famous showman pt barnum wound up buying the cage what i don't know if he had he the bought leg the too. cage i oh, assume so you don't know if he had the leg is that'd be weird but he displayed it in his circus and the placard read only from quebec <laughs> and you're just okay. like oh yeah that is weird a cage from quebec Ooh. yeah so maybe he had the leg it would make him more interesting. Maybe Quebec just scared people. Like maybe a lot. they're just like they're like shit. Quebec, what that is weird exotic, that weird dangerous exotic, land, the exotic province of Quebec. <laughs> that looks like a cage that would come from a place like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, a museum in New York later bought it, and then probably regretted doing it because then the museum burned down a few years after. Wow. So she. She's just not stopping. Is upset. Okay. That's grouchy. Yeah. They really should probably like do something with that cage. Although the exorcism apparently didn't work, right? So. Yeah. Yeah, Mm. they did an exorcism. Yeah, but I mean, there's got to be other ways, right? I mean, Uh... fight witchcraft with witchcraft. Exorcism to me is a form of like high magic. Sorry, Christians, but you're practicing witchcraft whenever you do an exorcism. So Um, there. I mean, it's true. It's a (laughs) form of spellcraft. But like. Maybe if they tried, I don't know, some sage. <laughs> yeah, they should have just some, some white some candles. Sage, just smudged a little. Yeah, who knows, just right? Just a little like, bit of smudging. Yeah, just my daily average um, haunted coffin ghost skeleton lady smudge. Yeah, that's normal. I do mm. that every day. Except when on busy days, you know, when I forget to do my witchcraft. Yeah, when you forget to be the lady in the coffin, metaphorically. <laughs> oh, jeez. Okay, so that was a lot. Um, now it was good. It's time to also talk about old witches. Hey, again? No Again, way. even older. How can this we get one's from the 1600s? So I know. There's a <laughs> there's a lot that happened in those times. Those are the good old days. When the, I was but a wee Andrea. The witch trials, yeah. The when you were but a wee Andrea of 42. <laughs> So, um, this is Martha and Giles Corey. 
So Martha Corey uh, was born during either 1619 or 1620 and was executed on September 22nd, 1692. She was accused and convicted of witchcraft during the Salem Witch Trials on September 9th, 1692 and was subsequently hanged on the 22nd. Okay. So far, so good. So here's a bit about her past. In the year 1677, Martha Corey had an illegitimate mixed-race son named Benoni, or um, Benjamin. They're not sure which she called him. <laughs> I'm, maybe he wasn't sure either. Okay. <laughs> like, because he was believed to be of both black and white racial heritage to the general populace, he represented living proof of Martha Corey's checkered past, which is an ironic yep. way to state it <laughs> that's one way i say it so benoni lived with martha and her husband giles so the town members were well aware of this situation right was her husband giles black uh no giles Corey was not black oh. this was from a previous marriage like, oh okay martha, so she didn't cheat on him she just uh not that i know of i mean maybe okay. that's I don't know. Okay. I don't know what Martha got up to, but Martha Corey uh, married Henry Rich in 1684 and had a second son named Thomas Rich. After the death of her first husband, though, she married the wealthy farmer Giles Corey in the year of 1690. The controversial pasts of both Martha and Giles, respectively, they both had pasts, very likely contributed to their deaths during the infamous Salem Witch Trials. I like this the stories about the Salem witch trials. Yeah, and, like, they're all different and very, like, yeah. Yeah. So the community was apparently initially surprised to see Corey accused, as she was specifically known for her piety and her dedicated church attendance, and she'd been officially admitted to the Salem Village Church in 1691. So she was, like, a member of the church and a, in her words, a gospel woman. However, Martha had never shown open support for the witch trials since she did not believe that witches or warlocks truly existed. Just fair. That's fair, yeah. According to some sources, she even went so far as to publicly denounce the witch trials as well as the judges who were involved in the various cases. So, like, go, Martha. Hey! But yeah, no, it's really interesting that, like, she was that outspoken. She was kind of a badass. Yeah, um, she sounds awesome. Yeah, like, she was brazenly outspoken, her belief that the accusers were lying. And, upon hearing this, two young girls, Ugh. Anne Putnam Jr. and Mercy Lewis, of course, went ahead and promptly accused Martha of witchcraft. Uh, for fuck's sake, like, what? Yeah, I don't the know. Stupid teenage girls that started this like that whole did this thing. whole shit. Well, it was their families put pressure on them because um, it would like solidify the family's power, right? Yeah. Well. So I know, right? So at the time, Martha was somewhat unaware of the exact level of paranoia in the village, and when she went to trial, she was like simply truthful about her innocence and never doubted she would be exonerated. As the girls, Anne and Mercy, testified against her during the examination, Martha Corey asked the judge not to believe the rantings of hysterical children and continued to make similar claims throughout the Salem trials. Unfortunately, this combination made it easy for the quote-unquote afflicted girls to create a story accusing Martha. For example, during the trial, the girls began mimicking Martha's movements as if they were being controlled by her. So Mercy Lewis called out, quote, there's a man, he whispered in her ear. John, oh ha God. yeah, I know, right? John Haythorne, I think, I'm not sure if he was the judge or the prosecutor or something. Um, yeah. 
asked, like, he asked Mercy if the man was Satan, and then Anne Putnam Jr. cried out that Martha Corey had a yellow bird sucking on her hand, which was apparently enough evidence to persuade the jury of Martha's guilt. Because there's, like, a whole thing about a witch's teeth being between their fingers, which a yellow bird would suckle. That's stupid. Yeah, can't you just check to see if there's a nipple there? And if there's not, be like, well, she's probably good. Uh, by accusing Martha of witchcraft, the Putnam family, Anne's family, established their power in the town and showed that they would willingly attack anyone who openly doubted their motives and authority. Of course. So that was a lot of the motivation behind these trials. Martha was 72 years old when she was hanged. Oh my god. I know. However, this specific accusation represented a turning point in the Salem witch trials because, as previously mentioned, Martha Corey was a respected member of the church and she had, like, generally good economic and social standing within the community besides her illegitimate son. After <laughs> her, yeah, after her accusation and execution, more accusations escalated across social boundaries and over 100 women were ultimately accused of witchcraft. And this wasn't even that big of a town. Like, Salem really isn't all that huge and like probs wouldn't have been all that densely populated back yeah, then yes so that's a lot of their women new. yeah so that's like most of their women probably <laughs> so historical accounts differ on this a whole lot but in some accounts martha's husband giles Corey defended her against the allegations and was of course then accused of witchcraft himself he essentially refused to undergo any formal trials for this and was killed as a result of being physically Pressed, which is a slow, crushing death under a pile of stones. Basically, pressing was when a wooden plank was laid across the victim's body and heavy stones were then placed on top of that board until the person relented and said, you know, whatever the torturers wanted them to say. More yeah. details on that later. So, taking a small detour, um, the main reason usually cited for Giles' refusal to be tried or to say yay or nay was to keep his estate from being confiscated from his heirs. That's fair. Yeah, it was a smart thing. As yeah. the tale and account goes, when the sheriff, who's an asshole, I'll tell you about that, asked how Giles would plead, he responded only by asking for more weight, challenging his torturers. I like him. Yeah, he he's interesting. There's a lot on him. Giles died on September 19th, 1692, three days before Martha was hanged. And because he had not been formally, like, convicted, because he refused to plead either way, his estate passed in accordance with his last will and testament to those of his children, his heirs, his two older sons, who had maintained that he was innocent. Good. So here's some background on uh, Giles Corey. Born around August in the year 1611 and killed September 19th, 1692. He was an English-born American farmer who was, like, of course, accused of witchcraft alongside his wife, Martha Corey, during the Salem witch trials. But after being arrested, Corey refused to enter a plea of guilty or not guilty. He was subjected to pressing in an effort to force him to plead one way or another. And this is actually the only example of such a sanction in American history, according to some reports. Uh... Like, this was rare. And he died after three whole days oh of God. this torture. Yep. Corey is believed to have died in the field adjacent to the prison he'd been held in, in uh, what later became the Howard Street Cemetery in Salem, which opened in 1801. So his exact grave location in the cemetery is, like, unknown, but memorial plaques for both Martha and Giles Corey do exist in the area. That's cool. Yeah, you can go see him. 
So, uh, Giles Corey was born in Northampton, England, sometime before August 16, 1611, which is the date on which he was baptized in the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. Okay. He was the son of Giles Sr., I'm guessing, and Elizabeth Corey. It's not certain when he arrived in North America. Exactly. <laughs> but there's evidence that he was living in the town of Salem by as early as the year 1640. And there are like quite a few entries in the court documents as to his behavior, which was not uh, especially good. Oh. I mean, okay. So it's important to remember that pretty much everything was considered a crime slash offense against the church and community at the time. Of course. Yeah, but he did. He still did some extremely questionable shit, according to certain historical records. Do you go into that? Yep. Okay, cool. So, also, Giles was a uh, prosperous landowning farmer in Salem and was married three times. He is believed to have married his first wife, Margaret, in England, and Margaret was the mother of the eldest of their four children, Martha, Margaret, Deliverance, and Elizabeth. What the fuck? I just like Deliverance thrown in among They're the average just like, names. Martha, Margaret, and Elizabeth. Oh, and Deliverance. <laughs> oh, and the Wrath of God. I can't like Bob, George, uh,. Satan's enemy, <laughs> Georgie, like, yeah, like, it's just a lot. Like, yes, one of his kids was named Deliverance, but I guess that was common at the time. Um, his second wife was named Mary Bright, and they were married on April 11, 1664, when Corey was 53 years old, and together they had a son named John. That's too old to have sons. Just I mean, saying. I, I, it's fair, I guess, but I don't know how old Mary Bright was. I, know, she, don't, I don't get, think she was that old. You don't get to have parent around very long yeah that's, that's the thing true. i think of like is if you're having a kid when you're 53 years old they, they get, get to... you're gonna probably die when you're they're 15 that's a good point it's a sucky like, time to lose a parent yeah that's that is a good point yeah like yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not great <laughs> so circling back here is some of the shady stuff giles Corey reportedly did in uh 1676 at age 65 Corey was brought to trial in, ex in Essex County, Massachusetts, for allegedly beating to death one of his indentured farm workers, Jacob Goodale. Oh, dear. Yes. According to the witnesses, Giles had severely beaten Jacob with a stick after Jacob was allegedly caught stealing apples from Giles' brother-in-law. That punishment fits the crime. Yeah, stealing apples, man, that's that just unforgivable. The worst. Owning a an indentured servant, though, that's fine. <laughs> that's and fine. beating them, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so like, though some sources state that Corey eventually sent Jacob to receive medical attention about 10 days after the beating, <laughs> Goodale died shortly afterward of his injuries, what? obviously. Yeah. 10 days wasn't soon enough? Jeez. I mean, I guess it was common to do this <laughs> oh i know right it was common to do this right it's just really fucked that it was yeah um because corporal punishment was permitted uh against indentured servants and slaves obviously which is kind of the same thing giles was considered exempt from charges of murder and instead was charged with using quote unreasonable force oh my god and i would consider that very unreasonable seeing as jacob literally died yeah it seems that's like unreasonable. Quite unreasonable, yeah. Yeah, that's not, uh, that's too much beating. That's not within reason. All beating is too much beating, is Yeah, thing. I think so. Uh, like, 
the apples will grow back, man. Like, <laughs> that's what they do. So numerous witnesses and eyewitnesses testified against Giles Corey at the time, including the local coroner. And though he wasn't charged with murder specifically, he was found guilty of said unnecessary force and fined. Okay. Many historical accounts state that people at the time believed he'd avoided the more severe charges through bribery because he was wealthy. Yeah. So marrying Martha... All right, so Mary Bright, Giles' second wife, died at age 63 on the on August the 27th, 1684, according to her gravestone in Salem. And following that is when Corey then married his third wife, Martha Rich. Martha's original maiden name is unknown. Martha was admitted to the church at Salem where Giles lived. And at the time of the witch trials, Giles Corey was already 80 years old and living with Martha in the southwest corner of Salem Village in what is now called Peabody. Because Salem Town and Salem Village were different. Okay. I think you told me that before. Yeah, there's actually different areas where the witch trials occurred. It's not like the touristy Salem that people yeah. think of. Yeah, so Martha Corey, as we know, was arrested for witchcraft in March of that year. And uh, here's more of the shady shit on Giles's end. So, apparently, Giles was so swept up by the fervor surrounding the trials that he initially believed the accusations against his wife, and in like he also stated some things that could have, at the time, fueled the testimony against her. Huh. He stated these things, of course, until he himself was arrested, based on the same charges of witchcraft on April 18th of that year, along with, um, according to some testimony, Mary Warren... Abigail Hobbs, and Bridget Bishop. So the following day, they were all examined by the authorities, during which Abigail Hobbs did something. (laughs) Oh my god, she did something. She got up some shit, that Abigail. (laughs) Accused Giles of being a wizard. Oh yes. As you do, yeah. Of course, Giles denied the accusations and refused to plead either guilty or not guilty, uh, was swiftly sentenced to prison and then arraigned at the September sitting of the court. The records of the Court of Oyer and Terminer on September 9th, 1692, contain a deposition by uh, one of the people who accused Giles of witchcraft in titled Mercy Lewis versus Giles Corey. Mercy Lewis. Yeah, she sucks. Yeah. So is <laughs> Anne Putnam. Yeah. I mean, none of them were great. I mean, I get that they're young girls probably all caught up in, like, mass hysteria and whatever, but it's also just, like, you could not yeah, sentence people to death. Yeah, you could stop at some point. Yeah, you could just not speak at all, like, mm-hmm. in general. Like, you don't have to, like, condemn yourself. Just don't say anything. So, quote, I saw the apparition of Giles Corey come and afflict me, urging me to write in his book, and so he continued most dreadfully to hurt me by times beating me and almost breaking my back till the day of his examination being the 19th April, 1692. And then also during the time of his examination, he did afflict and torture me most grievously, and also several times since urging me vehemently to write in his book, and I verily believe in my heart that Giles Corey is a dreadful wizard, for since he had been in prison, he or his appearance has come and most grievously tormented me. Most grievously? Very grievously. So how grievously? I mean, she used the word grievously like three like times, so this must have been very <laughs> grievous. <laughs> <laughs> so, again, in this court, Giles Corey refused to plead. So he refused twice on, to Good. attend either court, yep. I mean, he seems like a 
dick, but... Uh, yes and no. Like it's he, very complicated. He's a mixed bag of a man. Yeah, he's a he's a complicated dude. Um, according to the law at the time, a person who refused to plead could not be tried. To avoid people um, cheating justice, <laughs> the legal response to a person refusing to plead was called pain fort et dire. Was that okay? Pain yep. fort et dire? Yeah. Which translates to strong and harsh punishment. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That doesn't so, seem like you're really cheating justice, but okay. No, that seems like they just want an excuse to torture people into doing what they wanted. Yeah. So during this process, prisoners were stripped naked and heavy boards were laid on their supine bodies. Then rocks or boulders were laid on the plank of wood. As discussed, this was the process of being pressed. And an account of it goes like this. Fragmented quote. Um, Remanded to the prison from whence he came and put into a low dark chamber and there be laid on his back on the bare floor, naked, unless when decency forbids. Uh, okay. <laughs> that there be placed upon his body as great a weight as he could bear and more. That he hath no sustenance, save only on the first day, three morsels of the worst bread, and the second day, three draughts of standing water. That should be alternately his daily diet till he died, or till he answered. Okay. Yeah, so basically they're this executing your This is a lose-lose situation. Yeah, Like basically. all of the witch trials were, basically. Yeah, they were. They're like, well, if you float, you're a witch. If you drown, you're not, but you're dead. Yeah, like you're innocent, but you're dead. Yeah, like that was one of the tests, right? Like trying to drown someone. I know, someone. it was ridiculous. Like that's a lose-lose situation for that person. So Giles was tortured like this by Sheriff George Corwin but he was steadfast in his refusal to make a plea, nor did he cry out in pain as the rocks were placed on the boards. After two days of this, Giles Corey was asked three times to enter a plea, but each time he replied, quote, more weight. <laughs> and the sheriff obliged. Yeah. Occasionally, Corwin would even stand on the stones himself, adding further weight. What a fucking nut. Yeah, he was... A fucking asshole. Robert Califf, who was a witness along with the other townsfolk, later said, quote, In the pressing, Giles Corey's tongue was pressed out of his mouth. The sheriff, with his cane, forced it in again. Ew. Yeah, that's not good. Like, his eyeballs are probably starting to pop ah. a little bit too. Yeah, it's not great. There are several accounts of Giles Corey's last words. The one that's most commonly cited is that he repeated his request for more weight, as this was how it was, like, dramatized in the famous play based off of the witch trials called The Crucible. But it may also have been more rocks. Which is big difference. Same thing, yeah. I know, I just, um, yeah, big difference there, you There see. is a series called Salem. Yeah. And it, that was the same, like, I think one of the first episodes was... About of Giles, Giles Corey. Corey. Yeah. yeah, he's a famous case. Yeah. Um, after telling uh, notes, uh, oh, another telling, like, notes his last words as, quote, damn you, I curse you in Salem. That's fair, too. Yeah, I, I would. They are assholes. Be pretty pissed at all these people myself. Oh, my God. Fucking so. crazy town to live in. Like, that would be scary to live there. Yeah, it, well, Yeah. I mean, at the time. I mean, even <laughs> prior to the trials, it would have sucked to live there as a puritanical society. Yes. Dancing on a Saturday could get you executed. Yeah, not Or a Friday, rather, or dancing in general. So, Samuel Sewell's diary states, under date of Monday, September 19, 1692, quote, About noon at Salem, Giles Corey was pressed to death for standing mute, 
Much pains was used with him two days, one after another, by the court and Captain Gardner of Nantucket, who had been of his acquaintance, but all in vain. The gruesome, okay, so the gruesome and public nature of Corey's death is thought to have started causing the residents of Salem to rethink their support for the witch trials because well, yeah, it was it's pretty barbaric. fucking bad. It's barbaric and they, they yeah. have to have seen that. Well, but all of the ways that all witches were like killed pretty much like if, unless they were hanged, which is still barbaric, but like yeah, all of the like torture methods, the yeah, burning at the stake, the drowning thing, the chair dunked into water, those were all fucking barbaric. They all were, yeah. Yeah. So, ghosts and ballads. To finish off, according to folklore, the spirit of Giles Corey appears and walks around his gravesite each time a disaster is about to strike the area. So he's like the resident mothman. <laughs> Notably, he was said to have appeared the night before the Great Salem Fire of 1914. The position of Sheriff of Essex County was also said to have suffered from the, quote, curse of Giles Corey as the holders of that office, since George Corwin, our resident asshole, had either died or resigned as a result of heart or blood ailments. Corwin himself actually died of a heart attack in 1696. Good. Yeah, he was an asshole. He was a butt. That's one word. <laughs> the curse was said to have been broken when the sheriff's office was moved from Salem to Middleton in 1991. Oh, wow. I know, okay. right? So this has been going on for a while. And because I can't talk about these cases without reciting it, here is Giles Corey and Goodwife Corey, a ballad of 1692. It's time for Ren to sing. I'm not singing, <laughs> <laughs> but I am reciting, and that's no. good enough. No, I want to sing the song. I don't know how the song goes. This was from 1692. <laughs> there aren't many standing records. They didn't have CDs back then. They didn't have iPods. What? They didn't have Spotify. <laughs> huh. Ye old Spotify. Okay. Come all New England men and hearken unto me, and I will tell what did befall upon ye gallows tree. In Salem Village was the place, as I did hear them say, and goodwife Corey was her name upon that painful day. This goody Corey was a witch, the people did believe. Afflicting of the godly ones did make them sadly grieve. There were two pious matrondoms and goodly maidens three that cried upon this heinous witch, as you shall quickly see. Goodwife Bibber, she was one, and goodwife Goodall too. These were ye sore afflicted ones, by fits and pinchings too. And those three damsels fair, she worried them full sore, as all could see upon their arms the divers' marks they bore. And when before the magistrates for trial she did stand, this wicked witch did lie to them while holding up her hand. I pray you all, good gentlemen, come listen unto me. I never harmed those two good wives, nor yet these children three. I call upon my Savior, Lord, blasphemously she said, as witness of my innocence in this my hour of need. The godly ministers were shocked this witch prayer for to hear, and some did see ye black man there, a whispering in her ear. The magistrates did say to her, most surely thou doth lie. Confess thou hear thy hellish deeds, or ill death thou must die. She rent her clothes, she tore her hair, and loudly she did cry, May Christ forgive mine enemies, when I am called to die. This good wife had a goodman too, Giles Corey was his name. In Salem jail they shut him in with his blasphemous dame. Giles Corey was a wizard strong, a stubborn wretch was he, 
and fit was he to hang on high upon ye locust tree. So when before ye magistrates for trial he did come, he would no true confession make, but was completely dumb. Giles Corey, said ye magistrates, what hast thou here to plead to these who now accuse thy soul of crimes and horrid deed? Giles Corey, he said not a word, nor single word spake he. Giles Corey, saith ye magistrate, will press it out of thee. They got them then a heavy beam, they laid it on his breast, they loaded it with heavy stones, and hard upon him pressed. More weight, now said this wretched man, more weight, again he cried, and he did no confession make, but wickedly he died. Dame Corey lived but six days more, but six days more lived she, for she was hung at Gallows Hill upon ye locust tree. Rejoice, all true New England men, let grace still more abound. Go search ye land with might and main, till all these imps be found. And that will be a glorious day, a goodly sight to see, when you shall hang these brands of fire upon ye gallows tree. Huh. Sheesh. Yeah, they were intense. It's a good poem, but it's I spelled it exactly how I found the spelling. Yeah, yeah, that's old English. Yeah, Yeah, it's really funny because they like spell said like 500 different ways. I know, and they add (laughs) E's to the ends of lots of words. There were no spelling rules and apparently no no rules as to like who you should and shouldn't kill. But also not that, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, not that. That's also an issue. So yeah, that was a classic for you. And And we're back. Yeah, we're back. So now you can expect weekly ones. Um, You've probably already seen this announcement because i'm gonna make it before i even post this but (laughs) we're gonna start posting monday evenings so you can just expect to get new episodes monday evenings monday evenings and tuesday mornings yeah yeah so enjoy that that's gonna happen enjoy your quarantine listening to us recite witch poetry and uh also really bad molten lead stories yes That's still fucked up to me. Um, Yeah, so our Patreon is patreon.com slash two scared siblings. It's pinned to the top of our Twitter, which is at two scared sibs. And you can send us your own witchy stories at uh, two scared siblings at gmail.com. Yes, send us your stories about um, planking. (laughs) That's not what that means anymore. (laughs) That's actually really fucking funny, though. Wow, it did it ever had to have like a different meaning in like the sixteen hundreds? Yeah, I know. Okay, okay. Send us videos of you planking and um, <laughs> in whichever style you want. And yeah, no. Now since you missed us so bad, we're gonna give you a kiss. Mwah. Mm-hmm. Sleep well.